episode of the Horizon Roundtable. I am Bob McDonald, and joining me, of course, is my co-host, Matt Dudek. Hey there, everybody. Matt, of course, you can find on Twitter at Horizon Matt. You can follow us on Twitter at HorizonRT. You can follow us on the web at HorizonRoundtable.com, and be sure to subscribe to us wherever podcasts are found. And Matt, it's that time of year again. Fall? Well, yes, that too. Oh, but. Okay. It's it's our it's that time of the year to uh, bring on bring back on Horizon Boy for his own singular standalone episode. So welcome, Horizon Boy. Woohoo! I, Ever- I cannot believe uh, the roundtable renewed the Horizon Boy episode for the third year, but very excited to join again. The Are degenerates love it. We like gotta a, bring you in. This is a staple, man. This is a <laughs> staple. I mean, this is this is what we do, man. Um, so yeah, this is a. So, so we got we got Horizon Boy in for his uh, for his annual p- predictions. Uh, before we move further along, uh, those of you who haven't noticed, uh, we do have our women's site up, Horizon Roundtable WBB. Uh, I can neither confirm nor deny they are going to put together a uh, podcast. I guess they're trying to figure out how to record it. So um, something tells me I might be involved in that a little bit. Horizon Boy, are we doing odds on the women's game this year? Are you are you involved? Uh, we should. I, I found. Available lines for the tournament, at least, and IUPUI was a guaranteed cover against Oklahoma. And but you were right. They, they have. I haven't been able to find them on regular season games. We got to make this happen. Like we need consistent Horizon League, Horizon Boy League coverage. Yeah, you better chop chop. Ohio's uh, Ohio's legalized uh, Ohio sports gambling is going to be online at the beginning of twenty three. So yeah, we got to get moving on that. I guess. <laughs> So is Kentucky, well, just legislative update, is Kentucky the only state without gambling in the horizon? It, they are. They are, but they yeah, are close. But, but to, be, to, be, to be fair, they are close. Uh, Northern Kentucky is close enough to the Cincinnati area where it doesn't matter. Yeah, they can hop so across. Just, yeah, just hop across, just hop across the Ohio River. You should be good to go. Just a little swimming for all the dedicated gamblers. Just one river to get across and you're good. Wow, you exactly. Ohio people are so progressive, Bob. What's next? Going to legalize pot, too? Oh, okay. Um, no, you know what? Don't get me started on the you know, the fact that my state sucks. And I came back to this damn place. I mean, in your defense, you left Valpo, so, like, it somehow was an improvement, believe it or not. I, you know, it, it's, it's, yeah, it's six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. But anyway. Anyway, yeah, so, um, so, yeah, so... Yeah, so Horizon Roundtable WBB um, dot com. That's that's the website. So uh, we we got that online, and there should be a inaugural podcast forthcoming. John Parker and uh, Kyle Rossi are going to be putting that together. I think Blake Schumacher is going to be on that too. So that's going to be good. Um, anyway, uh, let's talk about the let's talk about the Horizon League on the men's side. And uh, I don't think I mentioned this last episode, probably because it wasn't in my hands at the time, but the uh, preseason prognostications are, are continually coming out, and we now have a uh, we do now have the Lindy's came out. You know, Lindy's. I don't know, man. I, I don't know what goes on, and you know, I don't know what. Go- I mean, basically, they 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 cover like. It seems like the mid-majors are pretty much a, uh, oh, we're just going to give this to you, like, because reasons. I don't know. But anyway, that's what's going on. So, yeah. So, they did the Horizon League thing. Um, 
Mark Katz has been writing that the Horizon League preview for them has who's been doing that every year for God knows how long. Uh, put out his picks. Uh, he's got uh, he had uh, what they call it. Um, oh crud! What is it? Purdue Fort Wayne as the first uh, pick to finish first. I guess I shouldn't be surprised. I mean. Again, we're going to get a million different answers to this question. Like I said, we we got pre- we got preview week coming week of uh, week of October 10th. And by the way, uh, before the, the day before that, we are kicking off uh, me- the media forum once again. So we're going to get uh, a lot of a lot of the voices around the Horizon League for that. So you definitely want don't want to miss that too. But yeah, uh, starting October 10th, we're going to have our picks. They'll be good. It'll It'll be awesome. wrong. We're all here to hear Horizon Boys, so I'm going to mostly shut up. But just kind of like looking ahead to where this conversation is headed, Katz, I don't agree with a lot of what he said. We can get into all those things. But I do appreciate someone finally recognizing that the returning coach champion of this league has brought everybody except one player back. We should probably recognize it because everyone just keeps forgetting that Fort Wayne's a thing. Or I think I, yeah. out, and I think it's dumb. Because I think I mentioned that with Matt Cox last week. I'm like, I don't think we're talking enough about them. I don't know if we're talking enough about them. I think, I don't know. When I was coming up with my list, at least, and we'll get into that, um, I was flipping back and forth, you know, card shuffling the top five. I think PFW will be the most consistent team, We, especially in this environment with so much turnover. Yeah. I don't know. Even though they tied for first uh, last year, I'm not sure that they're so flashy. Um, and I see some other teams who I believe got more talented. So I, I, I don't have them as my number one in pen. All right. Yeah. By the way, one of those, uh, yeah, I, it seems like, uh, yeah, the, the top six teams are going to be, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a mishmash for everybody picking. Uh, Cause yeah, Lindy's picked Youngstown state six and I don't agree with that. And I don't think Youngstown State fans are going to agree with that either. I think I I understand that Detroit has Antoine Davis, and yeah, I'm, no brainer. He got picked as preseason player of the year. Uh, but man, I don't I, I don't see Youngstown State above below Detroit Mercy. I think again the top five teams. I think throw a blanket around him. I don't know if that's a, it. It's going to be very confusing. And by the and and as Matt Cox alluded to last week, uh, Lindy's will not be the only publication that has Youngstown State finish six, finishing sixth in the preseason. But the one thing that I did was was a real head scratcher was his picks for the all conference team. So obviously Antoine Davis, no brainer on there. Marquez Warwick, Jared Goffrey, and then he has Almari Davis and Adrian Nelson. He does not have Jalen Moore at all. On any of these teams. On the second team, he has Sam Vincent, Dwayne Cohill, who meet, for me is a, a legitimate first-teamer. Damian Chanqui, Vin Baker Jr., and Cade Meyer. Okay. Okay, yeah. so... I don't get <laughs> this one. Start? <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Horizon Boy. This is your episode. You well, start it. I don't know. Um Hey, Cade Meyer could have that Amari Davis effect where he's just scoring a bunch of points because somebody's got to put it in the basket up in Green Bay. Um, 
not having Jalen Moore, I think it's got to be an issue of, uh, you know, you're working, the world works on deadlines. And he probably had to submit that list and uh, forgot until about the last hour. And mm, Jalen Moore may have slipped his mind because that's the only thing I can think of why you wouldn't have Jalen Moore in your top three teams. I only came up with one other reason why he wouldn't be there. And that's that Mark Katz knows something that even I don't know and Moore's out for the season. <laughs> and I don't think that's the case. No, come on. If you read this, you know he doesn't know that. <laughs> like, even a little bit. Right. Yeah. I I mean, the to not have Jalen Moore on there is just, I don't know. I don't want to say what it's criminal, but it is terribly negligent. I would say forgetful and negligent is, is, could get in there. Um, one of his picks that I do like is Vincent on the second team. I oh, think yeah. this is going to be a Sam Vincent coming out year. I think, yeah, I think, um, although I don't know if I, I don't know if I necessarily have Sam Vincent on my second team, but yeah, on my personal second team, but yeah, I mean, I think Sam Vincent proved last season that, you know, he was definitely more than up to the task. I mean, he's freshman of the year for crying out loud. Yeah, so I'm, I'm bullish on Sam Vincent and the Norse in general. I think, you know, people talk about a, a player that is, you know, often forgotten about. I feel like Marquise Warwick gets buried in conversations. All and that time. doesn't even make any sense because, you know, we know what kind of talent he is. We know what he can do. We we know what he's capable of. It's I have been known. PFW. He, just, he just gets, for whatever reason, overlooked uh, all the time. I have been known to overlook him initially, um, and I have admitted that in the past, and I have learned the error of my ways, and I corrected it last year, and I looked smarter because of it, because I stopped counting out both work and NKU finally, and a year that most people did forget them, and for once I actually looked smart on NKU, where usually I hadn't towards middle bottom, so I think he's a great player. Um, I'm not as sold on Vincent, maybe. But uh, I think he's a good player, too, so I I could see it. I just, I I wonder if there will be any sort of, you know, sophomore slump with him this year. Yeah, and by the way, uh, NKU, specifically uh, SAD, Matt Schaefer, hit me up. Come on. Got to talk. If we, don't, if we don't get to 11 out of 11 soon, this is getting really – this is, like, beyond silly at this point. Now, we're, we're, we're nearing just asinine and stupidity. I, 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 I'm not as cynical. I have the utmost confidence that we're going to get it done. We're going to get it done. <laughs> we got to get it done. Got Larry Wickle covering the NKU for us. He's awesome. Come on. We've got to get it done. Um, so, yeah. So, all right. So, and by the way, um, the forgetful thing, by the way, is kind of out the window when he actually has Jalen Moore listed in one of his uh, one of his accolades uh, uh, in the accolade section. I can't remember what it was. But, yeah, he put that he put Jalen Moore in there, but he didn't put him on the all-conference all team. So Here, here's what you have to know about Jalen Moore this year is. Assuming he's healthy, and I have no every, all signs appointed to, he will be ready to go by even the first couple practices. He'll be ready to go by first game. That's everything that I've been told about him. Um, Oakland's going, as we've discussed, is going to score more points this year than they've been scoring in the past. They're getting back to old old Oakland, a lot of offense. What is that going to mean? That means Jalen Moore is going to lead the country in assists this year. He's been real oh, yeah. close with a bad offense or a slower offense. So in a year where they're going to score points, and he's surrounded by weapons like Rocket Watts and Lauren Bowman and all these things, he's going to lead the country in assists this year. That gets you on at least the second team, if not the first team in the league, I have to imagine. Yeah, absolutely. I think, for me, Jalen Moore is a no-brainer first-teamer, that's for sure. 
So, um, so Horizon Boy, what, what is your take on Oakland? So we're, we're just jump into, let's just jump into what what Horizon uh, into Horizon. This is your episode. Let's jump into your. You're stuff. starting with Oakland because him and Greg can't be your besties. Is is that what it is? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I know it's funny because yeah, because you know usually we you know we we only have Horizon Boy like on maybe like once or twice a year. We had to get him on for the Greg Campy episode. Had to do yeah. it. Well, as you said, Matt, um, we heard from the man himself that they're going to be going back to that uh, run-and-gun style Oakland offense. Uh, So I think in the non-conference, I'm going to be testing out some team totals on uh, Oakland and see if we can use that statement to beat the market before they kind of find out how many uh, possessions Oakland is going to play per game. Take the over... And I know there's there's a lot of people out on Twitter who who are obsessed with Oakland overs, and I, I would uh, encourage them early on to jump on board that. Um, sounds like they're going to be back to scoring a lot of points. And I think they've got the depth to do so uh, in the past. I think last year's team was, was talented, but not very deep. Um, I, I talk about overlooks, guys. I always think Trey Townsend gets buried in conversations. He brings experience and stability to the team. I think he can do a lot at the rim and, uh, you know, outside. And they've, as you said, like Rocket Watts, replacing talent that has left. I think Osei Price is going to be a contributor to that team on a consistent basis. I have them penciled at two behind the Dons. Oh, okay. Um do you think that because uh, we've talked about this before? Do you think the the size issue is going to be a the, the lack of size they have is going to be an issue for them at all? In this league, no. I mean, how many big men are going to cause them a headache to the point where they won't be able to, uh, where their athleticism wouldn't be able to spread the court around? I don't see it. I mean. Maybe Youngstown State, but, but I don't know. I, I think in this conference, they'll be able to get away with that. Might be a reason why they won't win the national title, but I don't think that um, their size is going to be a huge factor in conference play. So they're only going to make the final four. Okay, got it. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, they've got some non-conference games where that issue will be tested for sure. They are never shy of challenges in in the non-conference slate. Now I know with you, you're you always you always move towards the the you always always gravitate towards the conference picks. You kind of shy away from the non-conference picks. I'm assuming you're going to be doing that again this year. Usually, I mean, I guess because the idea of the project is to gain a competitive advantage over the market by honing in on uh, one league. And when you have one team facing Delaware, I don't know anything about Delaware basketball, for example. So it kind of takes that expertise out of the equation. Although I guess in the long run, is expertise real? Probably not. (laughs) Maybe we're just all having fun here and covering the league in different ways. And I take it through more of a a gambling lens. But I I think the non-conference is kind of an opportunity for Horizon Boy to Take notes and and see what what's going on before we get into conference play. I'd like to disclaimer this, of course, by the, these uh, all of our Horizon Boys prognostications are for entertainment purposes only. And if you have a problem ga- a problem uh, gambling problem, please seek help immediately. 
You have no relief other than sending me a mean message in Twitter. That's there the only go. thing you're you're allowed to do that. But <laughs> uh, all right. So um so let's talk. So so you you are on board with Purdue Fort Wayne as the top team in this in this league, correct? Yes, but I think that you're not going to have a dominant team. I think it's going to be the top five is kind of tier one for me. Uh, I think PFW has that stability and experience to be able to win more conference games than the other teams. Uh, I don't necessarily think they're the best team, but I think that they will. How's this? I think they're going to go to the NIT this year. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> um. And I'm not, I, I do, I think I've mentioned this many times. I do agree with you. The top five teams are going to, yeah, it, it's wh- whoever you pick out of the top five teams, I think um, the answer is probably not as not terribly wrong. And Gee, in the Horizon League, we've never had that before. Come on, we almost had that last year. If we you have recall. it every year. It's It's always just a screw it, let's see what comes out at the end because it's always just this log jam at the top. And nobody <sighs> wants to win when it's time, and they everyone does stupid stuff. Like, it's just that's that's the Horizon League. Yeah, and Oakland kind of has their trend recently. They've been trending downward at the end of seasons. It's it's been an interesting. We'll see if with their new core that continues. I think obviously last year health is an issue. Let's hope that they don't have this issue this year. Hopefully. Um. So but last year, last year on this on the. Horizon Boy episode of the roundtable. Yes. I predicted that Purdue Fort Wayne would be the best team against the spread, and I was okay. correcting that. I was very proud of that that take. You know, uh, out of the twelve teams, identified them as against the spread, going to be the best team this year. I have them as my soft uh, regular season title winner, but I'm going to make the best team against the spread this year is going to be Northern Kentucky. Really, uh, this is the content we're they, here for. They yes. take care of business at home. I think that the other team I see uh, is going to be Robert Morris. I think they are going to do really well against the spread. Uh, and then I, I would say my worst teams against the spread, I think Cleveland State, just because uh, they have have a bit of a national brand. at this Not national brand, but they're trending down from their past seasons and the departure of Gates. Yeah. Um, and I, I think Green Bay is going to be one of those teams that has trouble covering the spread again. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, there was like now speaking of teams that now, if you were as far as last year, who was the team that did not cover this? Who covered the spread the least? I think I have an idea, but um, who was that team last year? Boy, I'll have to look it up. I can get back to you in a minute or two. I wanted to say it was IUPUI, and they had some stupid, ridiculous spreads to cover too. And they still, and there, I mean, they, they had, and there were times that where they still didn't. Oh, the worst it's hard team to cover a spread, the spread with six players was Oakland. Really? I believe yeah. it. Ah. Yes. Uh, I think, and then that was probably uh, a ramification of how well they did in the non-conference last year. Must be, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, those injuries down the stretch really hurt them. But Oakland was the worst team against the spread. So, so now that I'm talking, now that I brought up uh, IUPUI for no good reason at all, 
where do you see them situated as far as the uh, against the spread? I'm, I'm going under. I, I going to go out on a limb and say you have them finishing last. But um, as far as going against the spread, I think that'd be a, I, yeah. I think that's a team that can cover. Um, you know, they have so many new pieces. Uh, at least they have players. Um, it was very cool to hear from that. That, that, that is progress. That is progress. Yes. They have enough, hopefully. Um, they do. <laughs> was, they have. 13 it was great to hear from, from Coach Nicolarson. in your conversation with with uh, with uh, mid major madness in, yes. in their spotlight. Yeah, yeah. with Nick. Um, I I think he's got the program trending upwards. It's hard to to uh, lift yourself from from such a. Yeah. What were they? Three fifty one out of three fifty one in the uh, net rankings. Hard to yeah, build off that, but last, yeah. I, I think they'll be more competitive than last year. I, I tried in my uh, preseason rankings to. I wanted them to not be last. I still have them last, but I think that they will be more competitive than last year. Yeah. Wait. Who? Somebody had them picked last, didn't they? I think it was Blue Ribbon who had them. Uh, who did not have them picked last? They had Green Bay picked last. Yeah, I, I was that kind of that kind of blew me away actually. Yeah, and just to uh, into Green Bay fans. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're Carrasco, I, I mean, he went down an injury last year. He's yeah. the only one I really know a lot about. Um, well, yeah, I mean, there's literally nobody else. I mean, other than Boston Stanton. But I like to see, you know, following them on Twitter sounds like they're doing um, a lot of fun stuff and, and, and have a fun locker room. And I think that matters. I think they're a team that's looking like they have, you know, a good culture and will ruin a couple people's Tuesday nights uh, when they come into town. We're in this year, this past season, the only to, the only uh, people's uh, nights that were ruined were Robert Morris fans that one time. Oh, yes. Although Robert came very Morris close time. to ruining uh, Oakland's entire season, that was that was an experience. Robert Morris fans, you know, sympathy to them last year. I felt like they had so many games come down to the wire that they just could not close. That's interesting for them because they do have a decent for, they do have a decent core. They do have you know they got Enoch Cheeks, they got Michael Green third, and they got they have Khalil Spear. Matt Mayers is in there too. I think he's going to be the starting five. You have a core there with Robert Morris. It just seems like they haven't been able to get over the hump uh, right. in, in the first two seasons of the league. And I think I don't know if that has to do with the fact they keep losing people in the middle of the season every single se- every single year since they've been here or what. But I hopefully I'm I'm pulling for them to not have this happen to them this year. I think, you know, I, hey, I, Horizon Boy is a fan of all and a fan of none, but they're a team that has a lot of sympathy from me. Uh, I think Khalil Spear is a guy that could go off and be a, a, a second team type of player. Um, he kind of like Townsend. I think he's a guy who can score from a lot of different places on the court and that's valuable in this league. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, they have returning guys that can be a bad thing sometimes, but I, I think they've got a good core. Uh, I trust tool and what he's doing, even though I made a joke about them having to retool last year and then got all the Robert Morris fans upset at me. Um, but I think that's the thing. As I said, I think they're going to be second best against the spread. Yeah. Um, right, and, uh, go by the, go, oh, go ahead. Sorry, Bob. 
Well, I was going to say that I agree with your assessment on Khalil Sphere. Khalil Sphere is actually going to be one of my picks for second team, for sure. He's definitely I was just going to say, you know, we knew that when Robert Morris came in that there was going to be an adjustment. I think that caught Robert Morris' fan off guard. But, I mean, overall, we knew we, we figured there'd be an adjustment there for them. But Andy Toole is known as one of the top coaches. It's been a couple of years now. Don't you think it's about time that we can expect to see them start to climb and really kind of get settled into this league? Yeah, I'm I'm confused. I mean, I really thought last year was going to be a bounce up year for them. I mean, this year I've got them seven, so right behind that uh, uh, Detroit, and then the top five. Uh, I've got them over Cleveland State and Milwaukee, which which you know those fan bases might not be too thrilled about. But I, again, I think this is a team with talent, with good coaching and experience. I will say I actually have them ahead of Mercy in mine. Um, when oh. I, I don't hate um, I, that. I don't hate that at all. I do. I don't, I don't trust Detroit Mercy. Yeah, they have Antoine Davis. I don't trust that they're any better than they were last year. I think they might actually be worse than they were last year. So with that in mind, with that mind just... I'm looking for an Andy Tool bounce, bounce back. It's time. Like He's a great coach. He's got what he needs there, and it's time for them to, to put it together, I think. Yeah, but I, moving on to Detroit Mercy, I, I have the... Oh, actually, can I, say, can I say something about uh, oh, yes. Robert Sorry. Morris moving forward to Detroit Mercy? I think the big thing for us with Robert Morris, I think we... They suffer by comparison because they came in the same time as Purdue-Fort Wayne, and Purdue-Fort Wayne actually had the bounce year that a lot of us expected Robert Morris to have this year. And again, because of probably the... Dandy Tool rolling the dice in the transfer portal and came up craps last season... That's where he kind of ends up having this issue. I don't think this season he is relying as much on – it doesn't seem like he's relying as much on the portal. Plus, he has those guys who are coming back. I think that's going to help him out so much. Yeah. No, and I, I think they're going to be a fun team to watch. Um, they lost some home games. Uh, and they, get, they draw fans, but they lost some home games uh, quite often last year. Don't remember how many, but just in my head, there were a lot of close Robert Morris spreads that I was on the wrong side of <laughs> with them at home. Um, but moving on to Detroit Mercy, I think this Detroit Mercy team is, I can't see how they're better or as good as last year's team or prior Detroit Mercy Antoine Davis teams. This is, see, the problem with, the problem that I've continually had with Detroit Mercy is I have absolutely, I have continually had no idea what exactly this team has besides Antoine Davis every year. It is a constant, it, me banging my head trying to figure this stuff out. They, you know, I don't know who any of these guys are. I mean, I've heard of some of the accolades that like maybe a Demezi Anderson has had or, you know, somebody like that, but on the whole, I mean, it seems like it seems like a you know it takes them a while to put the teams together, so it to you get to the point where, and I think I brought this up last episode where while other teams are spending their summers working out, you still have a Detroit Mercy team that is just put it still putting its teams together right up until the first day of school, and I think that is to a detriment for them. Now that said, that said, and I'm going to keep saying it. You underestimate Mike Davis at your peril. Yeah, and 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 Antoine Davis is you know the best player in this league. He's going to score the most points. Uh, he will probably win the Player of the Year. He would be my pick for Player of the Year. Uh, and you can't discount that. Last year, I felt like they had Noah Waterman, who was a legitimate scoring threat. 
uh, from three and then inside. And I don't see the person on their roster who can distract from Antoine Davis. So I, I think this might be just an Antoine shoots, you know, 20 shots a game. And he's going to get his shoots, record, and that's what they want. And, yeah, and shoots, you know, 12 free throws a game and makes almost all of them uh, and puts up, you know, 25 points a game. That'll probably be that team. I, I think they've put on the record that that it cannot be a one-man show and, and yeah. succeed to the level that of optimism that I think uh, Titans fans have. And I don't. Yeah. But they're not going to be an easy game. I mean, if you've got so I, Davis coming into your gym, you, you know, you can't look over them. Nobody can. They can beat anyone on any night, but I don't see the consistency. I don't, I don't see them being as competitive as they have been in the past. I think with Detroit Mercy, I think the big, the big things for them, um, first of all, is Jordan Phillips going to be healthy? Because that was a big issue last season. And then, you, again, the, the question is, what are you going to get out of Demezi Anderson and Arashma Parks? Those are the two guys I'm looking at on this Detroit Mercy roster. And even Ger- and, and Gerald Liddell, too. I would also Where- love to know the truth behind what goes on in that front office, or in, you know, in, in Mike Davis's office and how he organizes teams. Because there's a lot of Twitter opinions on how it all shakes down, on the timing of of when people are leaving, when people are coming in, as you said, roster building until the last day, Antoine Davis going into the portal and returning. I would love to know the truth. <laughs> we'll never know it, but it, we'll it never is. know it. And, and, and here's my opinion. And no one really wants my opinion, but that's what I'm here for anyway. Like <laughs> I think Mike Davis, like you talked about, you know, we doubt Mike Davis at our, at your own peril. I think Mike Davis is beyond checked out. I think he's trying to get his children, the accolades they deserve. That's both Antoine and Mike Davis jr. Who's an assistant coach. I think yes. he's trying to, you know, who I believe was mentioned for, was it a swack job this off season? Something, you know, like. No, I thought that was like Mike Davis, Mike Davis, who was. I thought it was Junior. Alabama State. I thought it was yeah, Alabama State. I think was the uh, was the team, and they didn't like distinguish. They, they didn't differentiate between senior and junior. So I have no idea. I thought it was actually Mike Davis Senior saying, you know, well, because Mike Davis is from Alabama, and I'm thinking, hey, maybe he wants to spend the rest of his uh, the remainder of his coaching career, you know, close to home or something like that. I, thought- I don't know. I think Mike Davis is beyond checked out. I think he's just kind of trying to get, you know, like I said, his, his kids, what, what they need. And, you know, I, I actually respect that. I have no problem with that. I think Mike Davis is a good coach. I think he does his best, but I think, you know, especially when it comes to recruiting, we've heard a lot of rumor about how much he does not possibly do in person and all that. And you know what? He's tired. He's, he's older. He's, he's, he's seen it all. And I think uh, he's just kind of coasting right now. I I've, I've said it on Twitter. I think that, um, Detroit Mercy is going to have a new AD by this time next year. And I don't mean Antoine Davis. I mean a new athletic director. And with that, we'll come a new coach. And I think this will be the swan song for the Davis family all around. Yeah, I think I think everything that you said would be the Occam's razor to me as well. Again, we'll never know. It's just our silly little opinions. But I think checked out makes a lot of sense. I think coaching in this you know transfer portal era is really a 12-month on-the-ground job, and it would be very difficult. Uh, I could see how Mike Davis is a little checked out. Um, I can – this is mostly related. I can tell you that, the you know, obviously we've talked lots about, you know, the transfer portals change things. I heard something from uh, a coach within the league yesterday about the transfer portal and how they're utilizing it uh, involving junior colleges now, and it is an absolutely 12-month around-the-clock game, and, um, yeah, it's – 
the landscape's changing, you know? But I would also agree with you that I think he's legitimate in, in when Antoine Davis went into the portal, I think that was legitimate. I don't think it was a great ruse or anything that some people say. I think he was truly exploring his options. I don't think he knew he was going back to UDM. I think he took a, an honest look around and, and made that decision. I think Mike Davis supported him along the way, and I do think that there is uh, legitimacy in that. Uh, but I, I I do think that affected his ability to get a basketball team together. And that's oh, probably 100%. What, oh yeah, absolutely. Nobody I mean, wants to come to Detroit Mercy. The the draw to coming to Detroit Mercy was to play with Antoine Davis for his final year and you know be seen as other people are watching him. So at that point, you know. But the opposite could also be true. I think a lot of people don't want to come to Detroit Mercy because. We're an environment where, hey, if you're a college player, you're trying to make a name for yourself and you don't want to be on the team where the other guy is shooting, you know, the coach's son is shooting all the shots. And I don't think that's the the true attitude. But if I was a recruit and I was, you know, evaluating or a recruit or, uh, you know, evaluating my portal options, that would be something I would consider at least. So since you guys are talking about the portal, can we talk about Youngstown State now? <laughs> Absolutely. Who I think won the portal. <laughs> they won I the mean, off-season portal. I mean, they haven't won a basketball game yet. I think, yes, you know, I, I think everyone's saying that. And I believe, I, I'm here for Youngstown. Uh, I, I, that's a fan base that I, that I hope has a good season. But, you know, we'll see. I don't know a lot of these guys very well yet. Well, there's only one I need to know about, Adrian Nelson. <laughs> This is this is Kyle Craven's fault because he kept talking about uh, Adrian Nelson nonstop uh, when Nelson was at uh, Northern Kentucky. And having seen him up close and personal, yeah, I could see what the deal uh, the deal is with him. But I also know that in addition to all the portal pieces that they put together, they still also have uh, they still bring back Dwayne Cohill a legitimate first teamer in the Horizon League. They bring back Shamar Rattan Mays and Garrett Covington's coming back. So you put all those pieces together and they got some, you know, they got some good uh, supporting role people too. They got Miles Hunter, they got uh, William Dunn. So even before you get to all to the portal pieces, which are really good too, I, in my estimation, I'm, I'm definitely, I got some high expectations for, uh, for, for Youngstown State this year. Yeah, I've got them at four uh, behind NKU in the five card shuffle at the top. But that's a team. It would not shock me at all if if they're your regular season champion. Absolutely, I think we're yeah. I think we I think we're now far enough into the Jared Calhoun era in Youngstown State where that has to be the expectation. Yeah, you know, I mean, he just got the contract extension. This this has to be the expectation now that they are going to be competing. At the, they they came, they were knocking on the door a little bit last season. They had to have a lot of different things go right uh, go their way last year to to make a to make a run at the top of this conference schedule. Obviously, it didn't happen. But this season, it has they have to be they have to they have to compete. They have yeah. to. Yeah. And Raton Mays, he's kind of like a Jalen Moore Jr. He's not as flashy. He probably won't be, you know, first or second team. But he's a guy who makes everyone yeah. around him look better. Absolutely. Uh, I really think that he can help the talent around him. 
You know, my only question with YSU, and it kind of comes down, Rattan Mays kind of came onto the scene because of injuries. That's yes. kind of, there's always been an injury issue around YSU. You know, I mean, we've got, is it, um, what, Covington? He's back on yes, like his, 30, yes. his 38th year in the league, right? Like, isn't that about where we're at? Just um, about, yeah. <laughs> and so all these players, let's assume for all the right reasons that these players are all healthy, finally. I'm not sure that this team's ready to put it together. I mean, and Jared Calhoun's a great coach, but there's a lot of coaching that has to be done. Not because I think people even need the ball. I think they're, they've got about 17 guards that, that they want to utilize in an undersized forward in Nelson. But how are they really going to make this team go is, I think, going to be the question. And, you know, I think that's going to be something different than what Calhoun has done in the past as a coach. And it's going to be an interesting um, early on just to see how this team gels. And I think uh, to your point, I think that's where the that's where the the true assessment of these these grad transfer pieces come into play. Because uh, when you uh, we I think we talked about Malik Green from Canisius, who was a bucket when he was at Canisius. I mean, where does he factor in? Where does Brandon Rush tra- factor in? Where does you know where does Bryce McBride factor in? Um, and I think that's going to be the big question mark there with them is where how did these new components fit into the piece uh, how, how do these new puzzle pieces fit in the overall picture yeah i mean that's gonna be the challenge and and is our true dilemma i'm sure of coaches between wanting depth wanting options and wanting to find your rising stars and then keeping a lot of people happy in the locker room so i think calhoun will have his work cut out for him this year but i think it will reap the benefits so we haven't talked anything about uh, we haven't really talked about Wright State. Um, I think they're an exciting team. <laughs> How can you not be excited about that team? The uh, you know the NCAA tournament representatives who brought in a lot of talent from the portal themselves. They lost some talent, but that's that's a really exciting team that could definitely win this conference again. I think we're downplaying lost lost some talent and they lost Tanner Holden and Grant Basili. Those are two pretty 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 big contributors to them. Um so I guess the question then becomes does AJ Braun fill Grant Basili's shoes? Does Amari Davis fill Tanner Holden's shoes? That's where it comes well, down maybe to. Maybe history to me would say yes. Uh, um, I think he just he's getting this reputation for a guy that is able to develop big men at this level. And I think AJ Braun fits that bill. Although I suspect uh Matt has a differing opinion about Amari Davis, though. I think he's mentioned it a couple of times, but I know you have this little, is gonna, slightly different. Assessment. It's gonna sound like Amari Davis slander, and that's actually not at all how I mean it. I just I don't think he is the player that it seemed like because he was on a really not great Green Bay team. I, I I know Green Bay fan. Hi Jim. Like I, I get it. Like um I it, it, I don't think Amari Davis is a great player. I don't think he's an all conference player. I think that his numbers showed that at Green Bay. I think he's a great player. He's a player I'd want on my team in a heartbeat. But that doesn't just because you're a player I want on my team and I think you're a good ball player does not mean you're an all conference player. There's a difference in those things, you know. I understand. I I be the highlight. Yeah, I definitely disagree with Mark Katz saying that he's a first teamer. That's for sure. I, on the other hand, I do think he's enough. Of, I think he, I think he's going to be enough of a spark on that team where you're going to. I, I, I'm going to pick him. I'm going to pick him in at least one of my all uh, conference teams. 
That's for sure. Definitely not the first team, but maybe the second or third. Because I, I, I have a, I see a little bit more upside, um, because of not just his um, experience in Green Bay, but he, he was. I mean, again, it was now again it was on the bad Missouri team. I think he's got some. There's some. He did contribute. He did have some. He did have some moments there. I think he's going to have a lot more opportunities. At, at Wright State, and again, I think we underestimate the we underestimate what Scott Nagy is capable of in terms of coaching. I mean, we talk so much about the big men, but we also, you know, when we look at kind of what he's done uh, in the backcourt, uh, specifically with uh, with Holden and Trey Calvin, uh, and with Keaton Norris. Well, well I think I confused with his brother last week, but you know, one here's of his the many thing. brothers. So, um, Amari Davis is coming in essentially to be Holden, right? Who went off yes. to Ohio State? Correct. And what did what what was the main thing that Holden did well? Is he shot the ball well? Yes. I mean, yeah, he can get to the rim, but so does Calvin. So you don't you don't need two guards trying to get to the rim. So when Calvin would start to go to the rim, he'd kick it out to Holden, who would knock down shots. And then when you start to collapse on Holden shooting, that's when he would get to the rim. Great. The problem is we know Amari Davis doesn't shoot very well. You're going to you're going to let Amari Davis shoot all day and let him beat you that way. That's that's what you're going to do with Amari Davis. So trying to have him fit him into the Holden role, I don't think makes a lot of sense. So if you can, you know, kind of collapse into the paint on this team, what is that going to do? You know, and I don't know. I mean, Nagy's a great coach. He's way smarter than me. I'm sure he's got game plans, but you know, we'll see, but that's just kind of how I break it down is just fitting pieces into what we know exists. I don't think he fits that role. Well, I think uh, to your, to your point, you, you mentioned the collapsing the paint point and this is a team that has not had an issue with keeping the paint pretty live, given, again, all the big men that Scott Nagy has been producing. So I don't know if that's going to be that this might be a system. To me, I think this is a system where making adjustments, obviously, where where I think Amari Davis could thrive. Yeah, I, I, I think everything you both are saying makes a lot of sense and. I don't have a strong feeling on this one. I could see Amari being a first-teamer. I don't think that's negligent to uh, list him there based on what he's done in the past in this league. Compared, uh, to, Dwayne, to, compared to Dwayne Cohill and, and Jalen Moore, no. I think those those you know, I think those two have more upside than Amari Davis. No offense to Amari Davis, but I think those two definitely have more upside to be on the first team above him. For sure. I'm just looking at him. He's the guy, let's see, his sophomore year, he put up 17 points a game for Green Bay. So he's a guy who has had success in this league. And I don't think you can write off um, that proven talent. But I absolutely have the same concerns that you've addressed about him being a getting to the rim guy. And uh, also, his 17 points a game was on a Green Bay team where there wasn't as much talent around him and somebody had to put the ball in the basket. Yep. So speaking of Green Bay, I think they, they uh, how many times can they redo their roster? I, I'm i losing count. I wish I was a Will Ryan believer. I am starting to have some questions about how. Here's my take on this. And and it should make Green Bay fans either feel better or worse. I don't think it's Will Ryan's fault. I just think basketball players are spending one winter in Green Bay and then being like, "Hell no, I cannot do that again." <laughs> that's probably why you that's probably why you got Donovan Short, who's a who's a Wisconsin guy who's used to it, so he probably doesn't need to worry about it. Unless the unless was unless Madison comes a calling about a year later. 
Yeah, and Madison, like, you know, oh, Green will come across the uh, the two lakes of Madison real real nasty. But Green Bay, that is, that is a different kind of cold up there. And I think players are just like, nope, can't do that again. That's my <laughs> cop-out answer. That's my excuse. But I really have questions about their player retention. I, I don't know. We said Cade Meyer could be a, an all-conference player, uh, you know, on, on a, a third. I'm not on that. I don't know. I'm not on that bad way. I'm sorry. Somebody, somebody has, has to, to put up numbers for them. Somebody, somebody has, has, to. has to. But somebody to the point where they to to the point where they should be recognized on the all-conference team. I mean, no. <laughs> I mean, Cade Meyer is probably that. Cade Meyer is obviously the cornerstone of this latest roster iteration but as far as uh as far as an all-conference player i mean if he I, averages a double double because somebody has to grab a rebound and somebody has to put a ball in a bucket I mean, eventually like i mean i can see him sneaking on the third team maybe but maybe not mine but maybe yeah. maybe yeah. others I just don't see where the points are coming from so i think if iupui can finish ahead of anyone it's going to be green bay I was really upset to see Kamari McGee go. You know, I I thought he was going to be a fun Horizon League player for a couple yeah. of years at least before he went on to other things. But um, that that must hurt for Green Bay fans. Well, I think the last two years have hurt for Green Bay fans. <laughs> it has not been a fun uh, ride for the Wisconsin teams in general. That's true. Uh, <laughs> I mean, not as bad as Milwaukee. I mean, wow. Um, Talk about the most major letdown ever <laughs> yes yes that was the most major letdown what ever. is interesting about milwaukee though is that there seems to be a lot of upside being fueled by the arrival of bart lundy um because i because the just the early early predictions have them a lot higher than i would have put them although lindy's has them at pick 10th um i mean Bart Lundy obviously is a proven winner at the Division II level, which, again, would have been the Division I level because he would have been at Queens anyway as they're transitioning to D1 right now. Um, but I guess the question for me, at least, is he's got a com- almost a completely new roster. And where does that put, you know, what does that look like for him? I mean, what does that look like for Milwaukee, really? I think it's going to be a total, it's, it is a total rebuild this season. So, for them, I I I have a hard time pinning down where they where they are situated in the conference this year. It's hard a total time. rebuild, and I think that's a good thing. Sometimes you got to blow it up to start over, uh, and I think this is going to be one of those settings. Yeah. I have them nine, uh, and not very good. Um, I, I I don't know. Uh, <laughs> this team has a lot of question marks. Uh, I think it'll take some time to get the guys that Lundy wants. Uh, I, I could see Vin Baker Jr. going off this year in this league, but we'll see. Yeah, that could be it. Um, yeah, we haven't talked about Cleveland State, have we? No, we have not. I mean, you have Cleveland State who, yeah. I don't know what I I I'm I'm probably obviously I'm a I'm way higher on Cleveland State than some of you guys are, and it's because of the fact that they still have Spider Johnson and they still have Deshaun Parker, and I still think that I think Jason Woodruff is going to be the the I think that he's going to be the top scorer in this team, and maybe that's because I read too much of Alex stuff, but I legitimately think that's going to be the case this year. 
Yeah. And I do think think Spider is still legitimately, he he is, he's been all defensive team for two years running. I still think he's a serious threat to be defensive player of the year this season. I just don't know what else, as far as the rest of the pieces, I, I just don't know. I'm I'm really high up on the transfer Tristan and Aruna, but that's about it. Again, I think this is a team that's gonna upset some people on yeah. you know weekday nights when they come into town. They could get some road victories from from teams that are are a little bit better than them. As you said, defense. Uh, I I think this team will be solid defensively with Spider. Yeah. Um, but on the offensive end, I don't know if I see the scores yet. And again, maybe I'll have a different opinion when we start conference play and we can kind of see how that team shakes out in the non-conference. But I think I I don't see so much success, at least, you know, to compete with the top five for Cleveland State this year. And that's yeah. fine because Cleveland State has had it pretty good. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think competing against the top five is going to be an issue for the rest of the bottom of the league. I think it is. Can yeah. they make? Can they pull some upsets against the top five? Sure. Will it happen? I don't know. I I'd say I, I'd say yeah. The top five are my tier one, and then tier two would be Detroit, uh, then probably into Robert Morris, and then Cleveland State, and then I would say a step back for tier three would be Milwaukee, Green Bay, and IUPUI. That makes sense. So, um, one last thing before we go. Oh wait, uh, hey. Northern Kentucky, we talked a little bit about at the beginning. Um, anything else to add on those guys? Because I know we talked a lot about, a little bit about Sam Vincent, talked a little bit about kind of Marquez's work being not talked about as anywhere near as much as he should be, which is legitimate. Um, I'm actually the the one player on there I think is the key piece is I think it's Chris Brandon. I yeah, think he's, I think he's definitely the guy. I mean. Yeah, I think he's definitely. I I see a lot more out of him this season. We'll see, yeah, and and you and we they still have Faulkner, right? Um, yeah. So Faulkner's he's back a guy season, who's had success for a long time. It's like, is he? Is this going to be his fifth year? His fourth or yeah, fifth year this, on the he's, team? This is his extra year he's taken. Yes. And they've all been at Northern Kentucky, so that's where they how have. many how many players in this league are playing their fifth year for the same team? But uh, no. he's been a contributor for that whole time, really. Yeah. Well, and honestly, Horizon Boy, I think you and Bob are onto something that with exactly what you just said. Faulkner's back and Brandon's back. And I think those two are very much in NKU's um, plans for a big part of the season. And yeah. I think that's a reason why Adrian Nelson's not there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's no, I, you kind of saw the writing on the wall when you only saw like Adrian Nelson last season playing 20 minutes a game. Although still like averaging seven and a half rebounds during that 20 minutes. Um, but yeah, I, I think moving forward, it looks like, you know, it, it was pretty clear that Chris Brandon was going to be the guy period moving forward. Um, which is why uh, it looked, you know, clearly Adrian Nelson sought life elsewhere, which just I think so Chris, happened to be young South state. Chris Brandon is the like epitome of the, the player. Like if I was drafting a horizon league team to actually just try to win games, he'd be like my third round pick. Like, that's a dude you need and want on your team. He's so athletic. He plays defense well. Like he's 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 a player. I mean, that guy kills a, the 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 part that struck me last season. I think there was one game where he was just making. I mean, he like was grab he grabbed like four offensive boards in a row one game. It was insane. 
So yeah, he de- he definitely cleans up the class really well, and that's absolutely given what the given what Northern Kentucky has in terms of offense, that's a guy they absolutely need. Yeah, and Norse fans always, you know, put put butts in seats. I think they're going to have a solid home environment, um, which should challenge some teams. And I think, as as you said, having that cast back is going to make them uh, an underrated team in the league. I've got them at three. Uh, again, in the five-card shuffle. But um, they're a team I think is going to really cause a lot of problems. Yeah. All right. Um, before we go, I uh, did want to mention this. Apparently, the world's worst kept secret. Apparently, the Horizon League tournament is going to stay in uh, – Stay in Indianapolis for a while. We'll find out. I guess uh, we'll find out very soon how long that's going to be. But that's what's happening. Why aren't we at that media day Tuesday? I don't know. Come on, Dan. Help us out here. Uh, Horizon Boy had his fingers crossed. I was kind of hoping for you know, hey, have some Chicago middle ground maybe because I'm I'm you know as a Chicago. Yeah, Horizon Boy is going to be hurting this year because I know I'm hurting because Horizon Boy is UIC. in the Chicago area, so he's able to see everybody because UIC was there and now UIC is out of the league and now Horizon Boys. Yeah, now you really yeah, that's now you're like basically basketball homeless, which kind of no. Sucks. We're yeah, gonna get him I, to make that four-hour trip. The ticketing guy called me up and asked if I wanted to renew the season tickets, and I and he asked why, and I was like, well, this is kind of a weird reason, but. <laughs> It's the conference change. I'm a fan of the Horizon and not UIC, so. <laughs> You're a fan of all, fan of none. I know. Um, but you know I'm what, ticket guy? I listen to the Horizon Roundtable a little more often. You would know this information. I, I think this is going to be a good thing for Horizon Boy. I think um, I want to be able to make some trips and, and, and see some other home environments now that I have to go places to find games. I think, you know, this year... I want to get out to Oakland uh, and see the blacktop for, for Coach Campy, and, um, and and that'll be a fun time. But hopefully I can maybe hop up to Milwaukee or something and, and catch some other games, and then over the course of the next few years, uh, make it across the league. All right. Sounds great. All right. So that's going to wrap it up for us. All right. Horizon Boy on Twitter at HorizonBoy underscore HB. Um, so you, you gotta follow him cause you know, he's going to have some great picks. Um, we totally hope pan uh, out by the way. We were in the money last year. We were over 52 and a half percent, uh, against nice. the spread. So, so yeah, that just, was for be my last question. just for entertainment, but only one time in, in my, uh, since 2017, when I've been doing it, I've been under 500. So if we followed horizon boy to the T last year, we won. Yeah. Yes. The return on investment, because I picked 52.58%. If you had bet $10 on every single one of my bets, or no, it was $100 on every single one of my bets, you would have won $8. <laughs> eight, hey, $8. whole dollars. That's like a, almost a Subway sandwich these days. What yeah. does that get you at Portillo's? A fry? Uh, pretty much. Yeah, Portillo's, will, that'll run you out. That'll get you a cheese fry. There you go. All right, so that's going to wrap it up for us. Um, HorizonRoundtable.com, obviously. You can uh, pull up our content, pull up our past episodes. You can pull us up uh, wherever podcasts are found. And, of course, you can pull us up on your Amazon or Google devices. So until next time, thank you all for listening.